It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by the Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin. Working hard to bring you what's possible for your health, the Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way care is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. It is Crossover Wednesday today. And we have David Drogemeyer from Locked on Chargers coming on to talk about a Los Angeles team that comes off a win against the Chicago Bears. I'm sure some of you watched that game. It was a battle to see who could give away the game the hardest. And ultimately, the Bears won that endeavor, which means the Chargers won the actual game. Uh, As you will hear David say, Uh, The Chargers have invented ways to lose games over the last five or so years, and no one is better at pulling defeat from the jaws of victory. I mean, it it is just the reality of what this team has been, and we're going to get into it with David. Uh, I do want to mention that there is a little bit of housekeeping to do here before we get too far into the show. Billy Turner is on the show tomorrow. And that is clearly something that I hope you listen to. It's, a, it's an awesome conversation uh, by no fault of mine, uh, just because he is uh, a really chatty guy. He's a really thoughtful guy, a really, uh, really interesting guy. And so look out for that tomorrow uh, where we would normally have someone like Jason come on and talk about the opponent. Uh, that's going to be on Friday, and then we're going to have a Periscope show on Friday as well. That is going to be Periscope only. So if you want to listen You have to watch. First, though, the trade deadline came and went. Green Bay was reportedly in on a number of receivers uh, and never ended up pulling the trigger. They were interested in guys like Robbie Anderson. They had been in on Emmanuel Sanders. And I I don't want to waste too much time on it because it's something that really doesn't matter anymore. This is the team that Green Bay is going to take into Los Angeles. And it's the team that they're going to go forward with the rest of the season. So 
I just I don't know that we we gain much from looking at you know what could have been done. Nothing was really done on trade deadline day. Not anything that Green Bay would have been interested in. So I think we're best suited moving forward there. But there's still plenty of news to get to on the Packers and Chargers side. So let's start with the Packers stuff because the Packers made. A couple roster moves that would maybe normally in a different circumstance not be met with any sort of opinion at all, <laughs> frankly, from most Packer fans. But uh, the Packers did release Darius Shepard. And they released Darius Shepard because they signed Tremont Smith from the practice squad. Uh, he had been on the team and, and had played just one game as the returner and then um, was released, signed back to the practice squad. Darius Shepard was given the opportunity with uh, the receiver injuries uh, in particular to be on the field and be a part of the return game, he failed that task. And there is just no other way to put it than he failed that task. And it is, it is you know, reflective of Brian Gutekind's mentality that, you know, I think Mike McCarthy would have continued. I think he would have stayed the course. I think he would have said, you know, look, he's a young player. We have faith in him and we're just going to keep going. That would have been his mentality with it. I just don't think Brian Gutekunst feels that way. I don't think Matt LaFleur feels that way. They have proven that they are a competition-based team. They want every spot to be up for grabs every week, and if you are not playing up to your ability, they will find someone who is. I mean, Will Redman, who had a couple nice games, all of a sudden has uh, some struggles against Oakland, and the Packers put in Shannon Sullivan. They were not hesitant. Will Redman's not getting it done. Chandon, here is your opportunity. And, you know, they still have a decision to make on Ibrahim Campbell. They have started the clock on him uh, with with him practicing. We will find out more this week, you know, if he is actually healthy and ready to go. And and that is important, too, because right now, not only did they release Darius Shepard and sign Smith, but they also released Evan Bayless. That gets them with the with the signings and and the the cuts. That gets them to 52. Well, Jay Sternberger can come off IR this week, and they can activate Ibrahim Campbell this week. And so if Campbell's going to come back, um, you know, they either have to activate him or they have to put him on IR. And, you know, my guess is there is a corresponding roster move to be made there if they're, if they're going to do that. Um, well, there has to be. And, you know, who, who could that be? Well, Tim Williams is, a, is an option. Uh, Adam Pankey is an option. Ryan Grant is a potential option, though I think with Shepard going down to, to what I assume is the practice squad, or at least that's going to be the hope. I don't think he has shown anything on the field that would indicate that an NFL team would would have interest in him. Uh, I, I think with with his release, then that, that leaves Ryan Grant in a position to, even if he's not active, to continue to be useful to this team because you know he, he could play. You know, if they get Devontae Adams back, he becomes a little bit less necessary. But, you know, you still want to have that insurance. He was signed for a reason, and and I, I still think there's a, an opportunity for him to potentially contribute down the line. You know, we haven't seen Tim Williams, but he's a veteran. Adam Pankey is, is a young player that they like. There's certainly options. It's not as though they're they're going to run out of possibilities and, and places to, to deal with the edge of this roster. There are plenty of guys who can be cut or waived. We'll see uh, what the Packers want to do there. I think there was some speculation when those moves were made that it would be because there is a trade coming, and that just turned out to be not the case. So the return game is settled. 
Uh, I, I think this hints strongly that that Bayless was one of the cuts, that Jay Sternberger is the guy, and then they're going to see with with Campbell. The Packers need a third safety. And, you know, Raven Green could still come off IR. That's still an option, too, and maybe they feel more comfortable with that. Uh, you know, they, they signed Ibrahim Campbell and put EQ on IR around the same time, and it felt like those were related, that they wanted to have that roster spot so they could sign Ibrahim Campbell. And, and you know, obviously you had to put him on PUP, but it, it felt like that those were related. And maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But Green Bay needs the help. Campbell showed that, that he could be a useful player, and so getting him in the mix could potentially make this defense better. The part of this for the Chargers that we have to talk about is Ken Wisenhunt was fired earlier in the week. And that's important for a number of reasons. The first is that that, that throws this, this week into a little bit of turmoil and, and certainly changes the normal process of things. They have to be notified. Shane Steichen has to come in and, and you know, take over, put his stamp on the, on the, play, the playbook and, and the play design and all of the, the things that you want to do for the week, the plan, as it were. And that could have some some positive impact for the Chargers because it means some unscouted looks. It means some unpredictability. We don't know what a Shane Steichen offense looks like. And that's something that we'll have Jason Hershorn on later in the week to discuss. Shane Steichen, it should be noted, was a potential OC candidate for Josh McDaniels. So had Josh McDaniels taken the Packers job, if it were offered, Steichen could have and and likely would have been the offensive coordinator. So Green Bay is going to get to see what it's missing out on, though I suspect it is not missing out on much, uh, or at least Packer fans are not going to feel that way, regardless of how the Chargers play. I mean, even if they come out and score 50, you're going to just be like, well, look, they're you know the Packers are seven and one, and maybe I guess if the Chargers score 50, probably seven and two, but that does complicate things a little bit because it's harder to set up tendencies um, and and that means it's harder to scout but the the personnel is still the personnel we still expect that the overall approach is going to be more or less the same maybe a little bit more attention to the run game a little bit more play action a little bit more Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon in the passing game there are a lot of things that could change uh, a little bit and it is going to it is going to break tendencies and so that's going to make things a little bit more difficult for Mike Patton but you know it is it's not going to affect what Aaron Rodgers does it's not going to affect how Matt LaFleur prepares ultimately i don't think it has a huge effect on the game unless you know Steichen is a a hidden treasure and maybe he is who knows and speaking of hidden treasure your football knowledge could be a hidden treasure if you take that knowledge and apply it at some place like my bookie. Every weekend, our favorite players take the field. Our favorite teams take the field. So why aren't you getting in the action yourself? We're halfway through the NFL season, or at least, I guess, almost eight games in a 17-week season. So the Packers have played their halfway, but not all teams have. Uh, <laughs> this is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the game with my bookie. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and my bookie has the most up-to-date lines, the most prop bets, and the best player perks in this system, including right now, if you go to my bookie, they will double your first deposit. That's right. They will give you money just for depositing money. 
You put $1,000 in, they will give you $1,000. Double your initial deposit with the promo code locked on. Use the promo code locked on at mybookie.ag today because at mybookie, you play, you win, you get paid. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. All right, let's get to the crossover Wednesday portion of the show. David Drogemeyer from Locked On Chargers. You can follow him on Twitter at DDRO619. Obviously, the co-host of Locked On Chargers, the co-host of the Chargers Dom Pod. David, thanks for joining Locked On Packers. Hey, I really appreciate it. Good, good to get here. To always love these crossovers. It's always great to get the, the the perspective of the opposing teams and their fans. So, looking forward to it. For sure. So, we before there's even football stuff to talk about, we have to talk about the coaching machinations because uh, earlier this week, the, the Chargers fired offensive coordinator Ken Wisenhun, who had been there since 2016. Uh, you know, obviously is a is a well-known coach among NFL fans. This, though, was not particularly surprising, I don't think, given, you know, the, the relative struggles of this offense, some of the issues that they've had. Uh, but let me ask it to you this way. Was Ken Wisenhunt really the problem with the Chargers? Yeah, I don't think he was the whole problem. Although, you know, throughout his tenure as an offensive coordinator for the Chargers, the first time and even, you know, this second time around, he's never re- really been able to run the ball effectively and find balance with his offenses. He's always had prolific uh, passing offenses, have done very, very well, always ranked very highly in the league, but has never really been able to find that balance and run the football as effectively. And uh, this year, especially with head coach Anthony Lynn, who's a former running back, former running backs coach, who really, really believes in running the football, running it at 69.5 yards per game is just not going to get it done. So I think, you know, all those things compounded against each other, and that's ultimately what led to the Chargers letting Ken Wisenhunt go. How much of that is personnel versus versus scheme? Because the, the offensive line the last few years has been in flux. Obviously, we know Melvin Gordon has been extremely productive, though he hasn't been nearly as good this year as we've seen him. But Austin Eckler, on the other hand, has been. And yet Gordon is still eating a lot into his his carry. So how much of that is schematic and how much of that is, you know, to, to my point earlier on Ken Wisenhunt? Yeah, no, I think part of it is definitely schematic. I mean, if you saw in the beginning of the, of the year for the Chargers, when they had Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson carrying the load, running the football, they were extremely efficient and very productive. They were definitely moving the ball down the field with great ease and effectiveness. 
And, you know, Melvin Gordon, as everybody knows, was sitting out and uh, missed all of training camp, came back, and it kind of just looked like he was running in mud. And they were trying to do everything they could to try to get him going. And, you know, you saw, you know, a small flash of, of the old the Melvin Gordon of old in the past, in this past game on Sunday when he scored a 19-yard touchdown. Uh, but that's pretty much been it. I mean, he's just been very anemic. I mean, obviously, you know, him missing time in in training camp and missing time for the holdout, it's definitely affected him. And he's just not been the most effective player. Now, part of that also is putting your players in the best positions to succeed. And I think the Chargers play calling has been very vanilla and very predictable. And that's definitely something you cannot discount. So what can we expect then from, from Shane Steichen? That's a very interesting question. Well, Shane Steichen has been a, a coach that's been an up-and-comer in the Chargers organization, someone they uh, highly covet, and uh, it's definitely he's getting his first opportunity. Now, I think this is not going to be the, the whole picture of of his vision because Anthony Lynn's going to be highly involved in that, but the first thing you're absolutely going to see a difference in is a better, more of a commitment of running the football, and hopefully that means getting Austin Eckler on the field a lot more. He only had five touches in the in the last game on Sunday, which is completely unacceptable. He's a guy, whenever he gets the ball in his hands, he makes somebody miss. He always moves forward. He's a weapon, and he's a weapon that needs to be utilized a whole lot more. So, I mean, we'll see what, what type of mix they get, but I can guarantee you this. It's going to be much, much more balanced. And I would expect Austin Eckler, or Melvin Gordon, any running back that's on the field is going to be featured a little bit more in the passing game as well because Steichen was a, was a coach who had been connected with Josh McDaniels. Had he gotten a head coaching opportunity, Steichen was was reportedly, and, and I had heard, uh, a potential OC candidate there as well. So the Packers chose Matt LaFleur over Josh McDaniels. This is a, potentially a window into what could have been for this offense, although I don't think Packer fans are going to feel bad at all about the decision that Green Bay eventually made. On the other side of the ball, this this Chargers defense, there are plenty of names on this defense with Casey Hayward and Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, and yet uh, they are they are a bottom 10 team in defense. They have been for a lot of the season. What, what has been the disconnect there from from the the personnel we think that they have to the actual production that they've been able to produce. Well, I mean, the pass rushes are, are, are doing their thing. Well, mainly Joey Bosa. He's just been an animal. Uh, but they haven't really got that push in the middle of the defensive line, and obviously that affects the pass rushers. But you, you can't talk about this defense without talking about the injury to Derwin James. They, they, they lost mm-hmm. their, their all-pro safety Derwin James in the, uh, in the offseason before the season even started. He basically had a foot injury where he had a screw that was put in in college. It kind of bent. And so they had to remove that screw, and he was going to be out three to four months. Now, we're coming up pretty close on that timeline, but this was a guy who was a jack-of-all-trades that he just did everything and did everything well. He could play in the box and run support. He could rush the passer. He could play center field. He was just an animal. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, fills multiple hats, and you can't replace him. You just, even with, with multiple players, he's just that good. And also, they lost Adrian Phillips to a broken arm, who was a a kind of a hybrid linebacker safety who did a lot of the dirty work in, in the running game. And also just as that, like I said, that hybrid player, I mean, those two guys have been sorely missed, but the biggest problem for the chargers defense has just been the inability to stop the run. I mean, they got teams running all over them and, you know, obviously when you can do that, you can dictate the, the, the pace and dictate the offense. And, you know, this is a pretty scary matchup going against the Packers who have pretty good balance. I mean, they have obviously a great quarterback who has having an amazing year. 
17, what, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions, just unbelievable. And then Aaron Jones is having a great year, and he's a weapon both in the passing game and, and the running game. So it's going to be a really tough test for this team. But absolutely, you have to, you're going to have to uh, account for that balance and also Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' ability to run the football too. It's just, it's going to be a tough test on Sunday. All right, we're going to get back to David in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about the folks at Roman, a men's health company, because they're changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. And there's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel and that's what I love about it. Experience season long wins without the season long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. David Harrison here, the Locked on Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's Killer Bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right back to david yeah this was supposed to be the derwin james bowl because a lot of packer fans really wanted derwin james i was someone that that felt like you know he was one of the two or three best players in that whole draft green bay traded down instead of taking derwin wound up with jair alexander and then used that extra first round pick to move up for darnell savage so the packers will have the two players that they got on their side of the deal and and the chargers will not have their one guy as we stand right here, it is a stark difference from a year ago when Packer fans were watching Derwin James wreak havoc on the league. And, you know, Mike McCarthy was on the verge of getting fired. So, uh, a pretty, you know, what, what a difference a year makes, I guess, is is the long and short of that. Uh, where where does this defense then turn for answers? And, and if you're the Packers, where are you trying to exploit them? Because it seems like Aaron Jones on these linebackers is a matchup that Green Bay can exploit. And if Devontae Adams comes back, then you've got you know him against Casey Hayward, but then the rest of this secondary has not played up to the expectations that we've had for them coming in, and Green Bay has been able to make 
you know, chicken salad with some of these backup players. So, like I mentioned, obviously, running the football is, is going to be the biggest weapon against the Chargers' defense. They just cannot stop the run to for the life of them. But, you know, one of the things that I noticed that the Packers like to do and do very well is utilize the running backs in the flats and also, like, those five-yard outs to, the you know, just the corners. It's a really good outlet pass for Aaron Rodgers. He uses it a lot, and he gets his running back out in space and lets him, you know, make a move kind of a lot like what Austin Eckler does for the Chargers. But that's going to be the, the recipe there. I mean, Green Bay is going to take their shots, but I think as long as they keep Phillip Rivers and the offense off the field and they control and dictate the pace with the running game, uh, they're, they're going to have success. I mean, the, the Chargers, like I said, they just they can't stop the run. It's the biggest uh, kryptonite for them. And until they figure out a way to do that, I mean, it's going to be a long day. If you're in the the Chargers coaching room and you're putting together a game plan for Green Bay, whether it's offense or defense, where are you looking to exploit and where is the place where where the Chargers can exploit Green Bay if they're trying to put a roadmap together to to spring what what I think at this point would be considered an upset even at home? Oh, absolutely. It's an upset. I mean, the Packers are coming in 7-1, and one and they're rolling. I mean, coming off of another win. But on offense, the Chargers need to utilize Hunter Henry, their tight end. Uh, the Packers' defense has been susceptible to good tight ends. Travis Kelsey had a good game against you guys. Hunter Henry is of the same mold, although I think he's a, a better blocker. But Hunter Henry is coming off of two very good games. He's very productive. The Chargers need to use him over the middle of the field to try to to keep the chains moving on defense, they have to pressure Aaron Rodgers. I mean, but they have to remember to keep contained because Aaron Rodgers is a very effective runner. He's ran, 20, I think, 29 times for 97 yards, almost a four-yard per carry average. So got to stay uh, disciplined on, uh, on the outside. But uh, definitely you need to come after Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs sacked him five times in the past game. And, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers can make some incredible plays and he, he's at his best when he's able to improvise and, and keep the play going. So try to get in there and get quick pressure and, and really put Aaron Rodgers on the grass. That, I think that's uh, probably the best roadmap for the Chargers to win this football game. Is it the kind of thing, I mean, this is something that I think Kansas City tried to do a little bit. It, it has been, I guess it's the Packer fan biggest fear and that is a team like the Chargers slows the game down. They pound the ball with, with Gordon and, and Eckler now that that's you know the mandate from the coach. They hit a couple plays down the field with Phillip Rivers. And you know in nine or ten possessions, they score four or five times and, and force Green Bay to be efficient. Is that what you're looking at here, you think? I mean, obviously that would be the ultimate goal. But the, the Chargers have not played very many games where they have had a lead so far this season so I mean it's kind of difficult to, to know what that looks like but I think playing the, the best first quarter team and first quarter offense in the league yeah no exactly obviously that's that's very scary I think the Chargers just cannot get down I mean they've they've gotten down in many of the games I mean they've always kept it close because you know they have the bend don't break defense and you know they have the ability to score points but I think the Chargers when they're at their best you know, speaking to your point about scoring is when they're in that no huddle and they're moving quickly, uh, when they're moving the ball down the field and then the no huddle, they're almost unstoppable. They don't use it uh, enough. I expect to see them use that more often. Uh, but I think that would be it. I mean, you, you use the no huddle, but also try to slow the football game down. But you only do that in, when you have a lead in the second half. I mean, in the first half, I think it's, it's, you know, put the pedal to the metal and try to score as many points as possible, because obviously the Green Bay Packers can score at will. 
the good news is, is, is if if they keep the game close at the end, uh, there's no track record of heartbreaking or boneheaded plays to to give games away. Yeah, you're right about that. But the, that's because the Chargers uh, have in, invented uh, more ways to lose football games than any team in the history of national <laughs> of the National Football League. So uh, if you want a roadmap on how to do that, just watch the Chargers the past 10 or 15 years. Uh, minus last year, which they actually did fairly well in one score games, but they're just, they've just been absolutely snake bitten and they, they just don't know how to close football games out. It's just, it's really sad. I mean, they, they have to get a giant lead uh, in, in order to, to really feel comfortable. But if you're a Chargers fan watching this team lately, you know that it's never, ever going to be a blowout unless you're playing the winless Miami Dolphins. All right, so let's have it. Let's get your prediction for for what you see on Sunday in what should be an, in front of what twenty thousand cheeseheads. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I'd say. I mean, <laughs> what, what did uh, what did he say on Sunday Night Football? Is going to be eighty uh, percent Packer fans. That's probably pretty accurate. I mean, uh, the only thing the, the problem with the, the Chargers and Charger fans in Los Angeles is if you don't win in LA, nobody cares about you. If you don't win championships, right. you are completely irrelevant. You can go and, to the beach. Yeah, exactly. I, I, there's so many other tickets in town. There's so much more entertainment that I can find. If you don't win, you are going to be replaced, and that's the simple fact. Especially coming out, uh, uh, coming off a 12 and 4 season where they win a playoff game, nobody cares because you didn't win a championship. It's the same thing here on Sunday. But if we're if we're gonna have to put my money where my mouth is, obviously I don't feel comfortable about this game. I mean, the Packers are scary. Uh, they they have two guys that have 15 plus sacks or 15 sacks on your defense. You guys got great weapons on the offensive side. I mean, a giant of a tight end. Devontae Adams, if he plays. Aaron Jones has been unbelievable. Aaron Rodgers, who is just incredible. I mean, definitely a Hall of Fame quarterback, in my opinion. I think the Packers are probably going to win this game. I think it'll be a close game because all Charger games are, but I see the the Packers are going to win probably 28-20. to I had a very similar number in mind, so uh, we'll see. I, I, we'll learn a lot more here in the next couple of days as the injury reports come out, if Devontae Adams plays, et cetera. I think that could that could change how we potentially feel about this, but uh, I appreciate the insight, David, and uh, we will. Uh, I hope you enjoy the game. I think we will enjoy the game uh, maybe a little bit more than you. Yeah, hopefully not, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, <laughs> we'll see how it goes, definitely. All right, I want to thank David again for joining the show. A lot of good stuff there, and as you heard, I'm, I'm pretty confident in the Packers' ability to go on the road and get a win. I made the joke on Twitter that uh, Green Bay was a, a three-point favorite in L.A. And, and felt like, you know, where's the home field advantage? That's it. Los Angeles should not be getting any kind of home field advantage. It's going to be 20,000, 25,000 Packer fans at this game. So uh, I, I, I'm half-joking about that. Uh, the The... Last time the Packers played the Chargers in San Diego, I think Phil Rivers said they had to go to a silent count. So I expect a vociferous crowd in Los Angeles. And to his point, look, you know, if you're not winning titles, especially this year, then go watch the Clippers. Go watch the Lakers. Go watch the Kings. Those teams can actually win titles. And and the Chargers, they can't do it. So uh, a reminder, we're going to be back tomorrow that Billy Turner interview. I'm telling you, it's awesome. You're not going to want to miss it. That is tomorrow and then Jason Hershorn on Friday. Along with, it is a double dip on Friday. A double dip of Locked on Packers. Our conversation with Jason and 
our Periscope only podcast. The only way to get that show is to show up on Periscope. You can watch it later on a replay. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but so you can still listen uh, by watching. It's not just live. Uh, Periscope is nice like that. You don't even have to set your DVR. If you follow me, or even if you just search for me, Peter underscore Bukowski, you can find it and you can watch it. So I suggest you do that. Uh, it's just like subscribing to the podcast, which you can do on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, you can get Locked on Packers. Leave us a nice rating, a nice review. Uh, we always appreciate that. You can like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. That's where you're going to see the link for the Periscope, at Peter underscore Bukowski. Uh, you can follow us on the podcast account at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, we read all those messages, even if we don't have a time to respond to all of them. You can do that 920-341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.